Okay, the message for Galatians chapter 6, our final chapter, three S's, seek to restore, sow to the spirit, and stay focused on the cross. And if you want, we're going to just go through Galatians 6. Number one, seek to restore Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass or fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Now, Paul had just been writing prior to this about the fruit of the Spirit, not having a haughty attitude, not being conceited, and thinking that you were better than someone else. And now he's saying, the, uh, he's writing about the attitude we should have, and that when someone else stumbles and gets caught up and falls, we, the attitude that we should have in reaching out to help that person, that believer, who may be caught as some of your translations may say, in a trespass or fault. Now, Pastor Chuck Smith's comment on this is, the word trespass here translates taken suddenly in trespass. This isn't a person who has deliberately turned his back on Jesus. It's one who has been caught up in the moment and taken captive by the enemy. We are to seek to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, considering ourselves lest we be tempted. We are to reach out to help and lift the brother or sister who falls. We should show compassion and understanding, remembering that we also are tempted. Now, an example that John Corson used in his commentary on the book of Galatians, and he, he talked about a brother in his fellowship who had become very caught up in debt, and he had borrowed money from a brother in his fellowship as well, and that man had come to him because he knew that the man just could not manage. He was just kind of in way over his head, and he came to him not to judge him or condemn him, but he took him aside, and he just quietly went with him through the scripture on finances, on using wisdom, not being in debt, and he helped him work out a budget. Um, and within a year, the man was debt free. And so he sought to restore this person back into, out of that, what he was caught up in. He got caught up in spending and not managing his money, not using wisdom. To restore is a medical term, meaning to set a bone. If you're going to set a bone, you have to do it with love and with care. And it should be done by one who is walking in the spirit who's being led by the spirit because that person is going to recognize how easily it is to trip, how easily it is to fall, um, get kind of caught up in something before you even become uh, aware that that's happened. And that's the attitude of the person, gentleness and humility to reach out to the one, to seek to restore that one who is um, stumbling and who has um, gotten caught up. And we're told to fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love and care about others. And we're to use our freedom to help others when they are burdened and weighed down with sin and sorrow. The burdens that it talks about that we're to carry individually, 
are those tasks, those things that we are responsible for. It's two different words. The two words for burden in these verses are two different words, and you're going to be able to talk about that in groups. So make sure you go over the optional lesson um, so you can see one has to do with coming alongside and helping someone else that's kind of weighed down because of their bad choices, and the other one is do your own work, do your responsibility, be diligent, be faithful, carry your own backpack, so to speak. So it's two different words. So seek to restore, meaning help others when they fall, but do it with an attitude of humility and not condemnation. Okay, number two, sow to the Spirit, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 10. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For if he, he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, we all know the principle of sowing and reaping. What you sow is directly related to what you're going to reap. What you sow will grow. What is sown is grown. Paul's telling us to sow to the spirit, to the things of God, not the things of the flesh. When you sow to good things, things that are spiritually beneficial, um, things that will help others, things that will strengthen the body of Christ, things that will glorify the Lord, you will reap in due season. There will be a harvest that you will reap if you don't faint, if you don't give up, if you don't give in. Because we don't know when that due season is. The Lord knows. So keep on, press on, uh, keep doing the right thing, one step at a time, one prayer at a time, one task at a time, one seed being planted or watered at a time. Because we don't know when that reaping is going to come, but there will be the harvest. There will be a reaping. If you're living to please your flesh, then you're going to reap a harvest of fleshly, worldly fruit. If you're living to please the Lord, you will reap a harvest of spiritual blessings and fruit. So consider what you want to end up with. If you want an apple tree, you're going to plant apple seeds, right? Well, if you want to be more Christ-like, if you want to have more agape love, then sow seeds that will result in that. Sow seeds of prayer and worship, the word, obedience to the word, serving others and helping others, and then you will reap more agape love. You will reap more Christ-likeness. So you have the choice, ladies. You choose what you sow, and every day you have choices to make. How you're going to spend your time? What are you going to sow as far as your time? How you spend your energy? You have time in every day. There's 24 hours every day. How are you going to spend that time, and how are you going to use your energies? Some of you have more energy than others. I used to have a lot more energy than I do now, but I still need to use wisdom with how I invest, how I sow my energy, and then how to spend your money. How little or how much you have isn't the point. The widow that only had two mites, the Lord said she gave more than all the rich people that only put in you know, a, a, a portion of theirs. 
So how do you spend your money? What are you sowing as far as um, your finances? Paul would tell you, sow to the Spirit and the things of God, and so would I. Okay, number three, stay focused on the cross. I love it that Chris sang the song about boasting only in the cross. Galatians 6, 11 through 18. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So Paul cared enough to write this letter himself. And this passage um, in verse 11 would kind of indicate that his thorn in the flesh, his problem uh, that he uh, wrote about earlier in this his letter was very possibly the physical problem that he had with his eyes. And often he had someone else pin his letter. He would like dictate and Timothy or Titus or one of the other ones would write the letter. Well, this sounds like he cared enough that he wrote to them directly. He and obviously most believe that this he wrote in large letters, meaning he had to print large enough or write large enough so he could even see what he was writing to say to them. But he loved them and he cared about them. And so he wanted to um, write to them and, and take care of this issue that was coming into these churches in Galatia about needing to be circumcised, needing to adhere to the Jewish laws and traditions once you got saved. His body showed scars of what he had experienced because he was persecuted for preaching Jesus Christ and salvation through the cross, through grace, not through the bondage of the law. He taught that and he, he suffered for it. And you, again, have time in your, in, you had time in um, when you did your lesson about all the different things that Paul did experience. So Paul only cared about preaching Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. And when you think about it, some things were mentioned here, but the cross represents God's love for sinners because he sent his son who died on the cross for sinners because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. The cross represents God's hatred of sin. Otherwise, why would Christ have to come and die on the cross? Why would he take the punishment in our place? as God's wrath was poured out on Jesus instead of on us. The cross represents God's victory over sin and death. Jesus paid the price for sin. He took the punishment. He paid our debt. And he rose again because he did die on the cross. That was what the cross represents, that among other things. That was Paul's focus. That was his motivation. That's what he said he would boast in. And that should be our focus. That should be our motivation, always remembering the cross, that we are under grace because Jesus' work paid it all. 
It isn't the cross and something else. It isn't the cross and membership in another church. It isn't the cross and good works. It isn't the cross and um, being baptized in, in a specific church. It isn't the cross and anything. It's the cross. It's faith. It's grace. And that's what Galatians has been all about, is the cross and what Jesus did, that we are set free. We are free from the bondage of the law because Jesus obeyed the law, and then he took our disobedience to the law and paid our debt. So we need to stay focused on the cross and where he declared, it is finished. And remember, it is finished. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, it is finished. We are set free. We are saved by grace through faith. And at the cross, we see God's grace in action, his unmerited favor. He died for us when we were yet dead in our sin and trespasses. He didn't wait for us to call out to him. He paid before we were even formed in our mother's womb. And he knew one day we would be his. We see the way of salvation by grace through faith which is what Paul wrote about to these churches in the region of Galatia. And I want to read um, this from the Devotion Wisdom for Today by, by Pastor Chuck, because he talked about Galatians 6.14. He said, My glory the cross, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you possess anything of value, God gave it to you. Sometimes people waste the gifts God has entrusted to them, using them for their own glory instead of for his. <clears throat> and people often boast of their talent as if they had given it to themselves. But you can't boast in something that has been given to you. Why then are we told to glory in the cross of Jesus Christ? First of all, we boast in the cross because it speaks to us of the extent of God's love for us. It reminds us of how far God was willing to go and did go in order to help us, to save us and to bless us. We glory in the cross because it was on the cross that Jesus conquered sin and freed us from sin so that we could enjoy fellowship with God. It is through the cross that we have victory over the flesh and the grave. So we glory in the cross of Jesus Christ for bringing us deliverance and abundant life and the hope of eternal life in heaven. God forbid that I should glory in anything except the cross of Jesus. There is no other name by which we have been saved, no other name which has brought us such great freedom and victory. And then he has a prayer. Father, we give thanks that you loved us so much. You sent your son who redeemed us from the bondage of corruption that we might know you and live in eternal fellowship with you. Now, Paul had written to refute the Judaizers' false teaching and, and their putting burdens on the believers. And they were trying to put them back under the law instead of under God's grace. The only law they needed to worry about fulfilling was the royal law of love. And I couldn't help but think um, how Pastor Michael on Sunday was talking about the love, the royal law of love, and serving others. And it's just the Holy Spirit wanting us to know and to understand we are under grace Yes, when our faith is real, it will produce good works, good deeds, but those good deeds don't save us. They're, they're part of the fruit of the Spirit, like when the fruit, God's agape love, is being produced in our lives. But Paul wanted to make sure he knew about 
that we knew about grace, and grace equals freedom, where the law basically equals bondage. If you're trying to earn God's favor by keeping the law, then the cross was, is in vain for you. Freedom not to sin and freedom to serve others. Love for God first and then love for others. So ladies, I encourage you, love enough to restore those who have fallen, love enough to sow to the spirit, and love to boast in the cross of Christ and the love of God demonstrated on the cross and the love of Jesus as he poured out his life for you and in the power and victory of the cross, which gives you victory over your flesh, over the world, and over the devil. So seek to restore those who have fallen. So to the spirit, stay focused on the cross and all it represents. And then I'm going to close one more time with verse 18. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this letter that Paul sent to the churches in Galatia. And thank you, Lord, for the lessons you've taught us as we've studied your, your word, as we've been able to open the book of Galatians, Lord, and hear from you. And Lord, we pray that these lessons and the things we're applying would produce good fruit, Lord, lasting fruit for your glory. So continue, Lord, to deepen our understanding of it and how it applies to us, that, Lord, these won't be lessons that we will forget, but that we will remember, that we will recall, that we will walk in these truths, Lord, sowing to the Spirit, loving others, loving you and loving others. So, Lord, thank you for your grace, your unmerited favor every day, Lord, not just when we receive salvation, but every day you, you bestow grace upon us, and we're so grateful. Lord, I pray you bless the discussion groups, Lord, as we finish up this series of study and that women can just minister one to another, Lord, as they share from your word. And thank you again, Lord. Be glorified, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, ladies. You are dismissed to group.